So we got something new coming from Samsung. You can probably guess it. Uh, we're talking about the S21, S21 Plus, fully revealed in a new hands-on video. And the funny thing about this, this hands-on video, the guy's like, yeah, I had it for two, three weeks already. Uh. And and the guy's, the guy's explaining how much he likes it, but he's complaining about <laughs> the colors in the photos. He's like... The greens, they're too green, and the blues, they're too blue. It's uh, well, it's not, it doesn't seem like this individual has made too many hands-on videos in the past. So I'm gonna cut him some slack on that front. Huh. And I have no idea how he actually got his hands on this device. It's obviously some sort of early production model. You can see it has certain aspects taped up. The corners are taped up. But man, it's seems like it's the device. Uh -huh. The channel called Random Stuff 2. I, I mean, you got to play a little bit of this video. Well, it's really, it's going to knock your socks off. He ran benchmarks. He took some photos. Of course, he handled the device. We can see the design. Can we get a little volume on that? Because I've been doing other things. Um, but today, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> Um, he tr he's trying. The he's got he's the like moving shots, and I think, I think the random stuff too is on the screen a little bit long. The name, right? But maybe it's on the whole. I don't know. Is it just to watermark it? I guess maybe. The phone is really good. The phone is really good. I've been using the phone for around two to three weeks. Using the phone two to three weeks. Okay, you can cut it there. So he loves everything about it except the pictures. But I mean, what is? How can we even evaluate it at that point? Because it's definitely not final software right now, and there's a huge preference aspect to how these things represent colors. But anyway, nonetheless, the the interesting part here is the physical representation of the device and the physical attributes that we can pull from, because. When it comes to hardware, that stuff is finalized, obviously, uh, further in further ahead than software is finalized. Mm -hmm. And so what you can see, the interesting one to me, is actually the finish on the back. Now, never mind the tape, but what you see is a very matte black finish, which we haven't seen matte black on a smartphone in a really long time. Huh. Particularly on a Samsung device that I, I can think of, we had glossy finishes for a really long time. Then we when we did have the matte finishes... We had a more grayish tone to it, like a midnight, whatever it was. And then the latest Note series had a goldish tone to it. Willie Do's cracking into, he's pulling off his later case right now. Yeah, I it, mean, this one's glossy. Yeah, you this got the uh, S20 regular size, right? Yeah. Oh and let's God. let's take a peek at it. Is it disgusting or what? Oh, been in your boy. pocket? What have you been doing Jesus. to it? Oh, yeah, you got the gray one. I don't mind that color, but again, yes, very glossy fingerprint magnet doesn't matter you throw the case on i mean that's probably the second time you've seen that glossy back since you got the device mm -hmm. but i kind of like this trend towards matte finishes this trend towards more fingerprint resistant finishes now the camera module obviously a redesign as well that's going to be the identifier for people that you've got the latest device that's a uh, bit of a departure from what they were doing on the previous version keep in mind this is the plus model not the ultra model so the camera module uh, could be different for that particular model. He also went ahead and ran some benchmarks, I believe in Geekbench, S21 Plus scored 
1,115 on single core performance and 3,326 for multi-core performance. So it's better than the S20 Plus, but not by a not by a boatload. It's a it's a little bit of an upgrade on there. Mm -hmm. About 300 points on single core and 300 points on multi-core as far as performance improvement. It is just a benchmark. I mean, it, it, that that your results may vary in real world usage. Uh, 4,800 milliamp hour battery, which is 300 milliamp hours bigger than the previous version. And, and I think a kind of a, kind of a nice design. I mean, it's not going to be for everyone, but these things it's getting, it's increasingly difficult to figure out how you're going to, how your next model is going to pop out from the last, because you can only do so many colors, so many finishes and so many camera module designs. However, on the front of the device, what does look impressive is the bezels are pretty much not there at all. Right. Like there isn't, I mean, look at the sides of the thing. They've gotten even more aggressive with that. I mean, it wasn't like there was much to trim in the first place, but that thing is, uh, I mean, that's slim and trim right there. It doesn't seem like there's a waterfall. No, it looks uh, flat. Display. It looks like a flat display as well. You are correct. Of course, also you can notice the front facing camera, tiny, a tiny pinhole camera, and it is symmetrical in the center of the display. We're not getting rid of those those front-facing cameras yet. They're not under the display yet, but they have certainly gotten tiny enough that they're kind of tough to notice. What happened here? Uh, is that the flash? Is it a flash? It looks like a flash to me. You're not happy right. about it. it. It just seems like it's uh, it's out of the it's out camera module. Oh, it's definitely out the of island. there. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't say for certain that this is the hardware. I mean, this is random stuff two or three. What yeah, is the name? Whatever right. the name of the channel is. So we, I mean, we don't know. Mm -hmm. He claims that it is what it is, S21 Plus. I, I suppose the design is subject to change ever so slightly. We don't know how early this production sample that he's got his hands on here, random stuff two. So the final product may vary a little bit, but all the renders and leaks and everything is pointing at a device that looks like this. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that there's some legitimacy to this particular leak and this is uh this is actually the most detail we have yet on this particular device i mean so it's a legit hands-on with a physical device it's not a render and so my confidence level in the s21 looking something like this is pretty high at the moment mm -hmm. if not complete th th this is good. this is probably what it's going to look like yeah. i mean i don't know why you see doesn't why not take the tape off and then take the stickers off that the tape is covering? I'm curious about that. I, I realize yeah. you want to cover up whatever the IMEI or I yeah. don't know, but like that's just the stickers on the back. I guess he had to leave it off for some. Look, I, what, what kind of questions am I asking? I don't know. It's random stuff too. Shout out random stuff too. Today's sponsor Cove with the commuter to Bluetooth speaker. Got it on the table right here. I actually paired up to it. Now, you're looking at it thinking to yourself, okay, Lou, it's a Bluetooth speaker. I've seen it before. How does it sound? Well, uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But what's interesting here, this Bluetooth speaker does something that I have not witnessed previously, which is it actually splits in half. It can work in tandem for, well, double the sound, or it can split in half to create a stereo setup, which is is pretty cool if you want to distribute sound around your environment or even on either side of your laptop uh, or if you want to create like a, a more 360 atmosphere if you're hosting a party or something like that uh, so anyway this is it in its this is it in its one piece setup you have some controls and 
What's cool is that the controls are symmetrical. You have, because you can use them independently, you have your USB connection over here as well. And you can see it's below these flaps because it actually is a water resistant, fairly durable speaker as well. As far as specs are concerned, Bluetooth 4.2, five plus hours of playback, 360 sound, built-in mic, 10 meters working wireless range, and the water resistance is in there as well. And is there anything else? Oh, and there's a deal right now. That's This is important. It's 30% off right now. If you click the link in the description and use the code LU68, LU68 for 30% off is a pretty significant discount. So let's go ahead and actually play something on there real quick before you head over to the site. I have something queued up, some IMAX real quick. So, and you're going to hear it obviously through your microphone, right? Or through my microphone. Now I'll show you how I can go ahead and actually split this in two. Check this out. Oh! I didn't realize this has a, a like a locking mechanism in it. So that when it's together, if you I got the soundtrack right now going. So that when, once it's together, it sort of stays solid. Like you're not worried that it's going to fall apart like if it were just magnets. So there's a little twist to it and then boom. Now it's the stereo situation. Look at this. Right Left, are you impressed, Will? Check it out, man. It's great for ASMR. Look at this on each side say. of the laptop. There you go. And then each unit is 360 in and of itself. Okay, very cool. Uh, you know, I like it when you take something you've seen in the past, you've seen it done a million different ways, and then uh, you put a little twist on it. Look at that. You put a twist on it. You put a twist on it as I'm doing it. Great. And it's two speakers, uh, two speakers. Two speakers when you feel that you only have one. One or two. I mean, it can behave like both. That's the Cove Commuter 2. Check the link in the description. Don't forget the discount code. It is LU68. Very important. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get 30% off. All right? Okay, let's talk. We're talking about sound. Let's talk about those AirPods Max. You know, uh, of course, I've got them on order. I mentioned to you previously in... Uh, I spoke originally about how, uh, you know, the current state of wireless headphones, noise-canceling headphones. I talked about how I've been using the Sony XM lineup for such a long period of time. The uh, XM4s currently, that's the most recent model. And, of course, the price, they come in far cheaper. You have the Bose 700s as well. I did a comparison video between Sony XMs and the Bose product. So I've done that comparison. I chose the Sony out of those two. They had they had different attributes, you know. That's the thing. Uh, both both nice though. Both uh, great uh, uh, noise cancellation. Actually, that's an older set of Bose right there. Uh, but I think did I not at some point compare to the Bose seven hundreds as well? If you go up to the top there, if I think inside of that video, I end up comparing to the Sony's as well. And then I even. Uh, through the latest Surface headphones in the mix. I mean, I try headphones. I've tried headphones. Mm. Anyway, where I ended up was that the feature set, the overall package with the Sony product was kind of, it was my favorite of the bunch. But it was a fairly slim difference when compared to the Bose. They're both uh, kind of kind of great as far as noise-canceling headphones are concerned. Uh, 
Now, this is where things get weird with the AirPods Max because people are going to expect some degree of comparison to these other popular headphones in the wireless noise-canceling headphone space. But the truth is, it's hard to figure out where they line up, like what you should compare them to because they're twice the price of the devices you think you should compare them to. And I realize, of course, there's all these audiophile-grade headphones mostly targeted at wired listening. We have all those too. I mean, I've unboxed $3,000 headphones. I've, I'm well aware of that, but this feels like a different product. It doesn't, look, if you're, an, if you're an audiophile type, you're not typically using Bluetooth. That's not really what you're looking for. So seeing as how Apple doesn't even include an analog cable in the box, I, don't, I think Apple fully assumes, look, the air component, you're going to use these things wirelessly. So I do think it's the right comparison. I do think they should and will eventually be compared to the Sony XM4s and the Bose 700. And so we do actually have some preliminary comparisons based on specs, even though I'm still waiting for the product. Uh, over at whatHiFi.com, they did a little bit of a breakdown as far as which specs are available at the at different prices. Now, they, uh, of course, listed the Apple product at uh, $549, the AirPods Max. The XM4s are $350, but you never paid $350. Uh, they're, they're $278 whenever you want on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I think I've seen them even lower than that. And the Bose uh, 700 are $399 regular price. You will find those for less, too. The Apple product, I expect, will not go on sale as frequently. They typically don't. All right, now getting down to some specifications. Battery life is an interesting one. Anytime you talk about a wireless product, uh, Apple has stated that the AirPods Max are going to get 20 hours of battery life. Not a terrible figure. In fact, it's actually, I believe, the same figure that the Bose 700s are capable of on paper. Uh, it's going to vary depending on the volume level that you're using, but that is uh, with noise canceling turned on, decent figures. However, those XM4s have banana town battery life as i mentioned in all the various comparison videos you are looking at 30 hours of battery life with noise canceling 38 hours with noise canceling turned off which is i mean that's well again it's i mean almost double the battery yeah. life i guess with noise canceling it's not you're getting but an extra 10 hours is significant now the next part is what about charging it back up because these again with a wireless how many times am i going to say again again I'm going to say again, again, with a wireless headphone, the worst thing is not having the power when you need it, when you go reach for it. And then you sit there and think to yourself, why don't I just have a wired headphone? This pissed me off right now. You understand? And then, on the, and then on the other side, okay, once I have it off the wire, or sorry, once I go back to the wire, how long do I have to have it plugged in to then juice it back up for a long period of time? It's the quick charge I'm talking about, which they've made huge advances in that area like zero to 50 zero to 80 well on the sony side okay listen to this on the xm4s can give you five hours of play time in 10 minutes of charging mm. over usb type c fast charge mm. 10 minute charge five hours play time so now it doesn't matter if you have to leave the house and you forgot to charge your head so what so what brush your teeth and you got five hours like while you're waiting for the headphone, I mean, you don't have to brush. I mean, it. I'm just saying, do an air. Like, uh, yeah. I'm saying, eat some oatmeal, whatever you got to do. Sure. Yeah. What I'm trying to get at. Uh, by comparison, the Bose product is. It also has quick charge. It'll give you 3.5 hours in 15 minutes. 
So once again, you see the Sony adding the extra on there, which is why so many people pick it as a favorite. And Apple is saying a five-minute charge gets you an hour and a half. So the same charge time as the Sony's, five minutes. No, half the time of the Sony's gives you an hour and a half. So I presume double that would give you three hours instead of five. So the Sony's charge faster and then leave you with more battery life. Now, I understand the feature set is not identical, right? On the, on the AirPods Max, you have the spatial audio. You're powering up some H, H1 chips. Mm -hmm. So that's going to uh, take some juice. But... It's, it's going to be, that's an important spec for people to know. And you can know that right now without even seeing the extensive testing that this is where they line up battery-wise. Now, as far as design is concerned, they're pretty similar, but it is important as well to throw in there. The Apple headphones, the AirPods Max, are not going to fold. They don't fold, which has been a, a, a staple of aspect of wireless bluetooth headphones for because they're so popular for travel mm -hmm. and when they fold up you get i don't have a case here for the xm4s i have it at the other studio when they fold up the footprint gets way smaller yeah and beats products had been folding up for a while bose products will fold up uh it's just been a sort of a key characteristic of a wireless headphone since it's intended for uh, travel now here is a comparison Will just found a nice image. XM4s folded up versus Bose 700 not folded up. So that's a, a, a decent size comparison for travel. The Apple headphones will be will have a similar footprint to the Bose 700 on the right. So it's a much again thrown in a backpack. I said again, again. I mean, I'm just focused on this. Uh, random XM4. Oh, hey man, AR take it easy. Jeez. Now, as far as features are concerned, some people reached out to me and said, Lou. Uh, you were talking about the Sony XM4s as if they don't have spatial audio, and they don't. So they do have a 360-degree functionality, but it doesn't work at all like spatial audio. It's not like that. And you tout spatial audio as really good. Yes, yeah, spatial audio is yeah. something really unique. It's relative to the position of your device. Mm -hmm. It's very different from what Sony... And I've tried out the 360 feature on, uh, on the, the XM4s the 360 feature on the oh, XM4s. Yeah. I tried it out. I was like, wait, am I missing something here? But it's very different. It just tries to it tries to represent the sound in a 360-degree fashion. Now, spatial audio does something the same, but what really makes it feel immersive is that it's all about the relationship to your mobile device. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is you happen to be watching, you turn away from it, and, and it feels as though the sound is remaining at the origin where the video feed happens to be. Mm -hmm. This is this is a, a thing that uh, is very difficult to portray in a video. I mean, you can go watch my video and my reaction that I did on Unbox Therapy, but just telling you that it's cool, you don't know how much value to put on it. I wish more people could try it out and see the difference. However, on the Sony side, even though it doesn't have that spatial feature, what it does have is tremendous configurability. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably has more configurability than what Apple's going to give you as far as the EQ is concerned. And also its ability to automatically detect which type of use you're doing with the XM4 and then adjusting settings accordingly, whether you're sitting down for listening, whether you're on the go. It has all these presets that can where it can automatically predict what you're doing. So it's a very smart headset as well. And, and that prediction is important because it will change the transparency mode the audio being pumped through to you if you happen to be out on the street, and then it will 
uh, enable noise canceling when it knows you're on an airplane. It's really, it's, it's good stuff, Will. Oh, yeah, I believe it. You believe me? Looks great, too. Uh, as far as noise canceling is concerned, both Bose and Sony have set the bar. We have to wait to find out what's going to happen on the Apple front. Same thing goes for sound quality. So that just kind of, I mean, that at least gives you an idea of, it gives you somewhere to start on a comparison, upsides, downsides. Oh, other upsides for the Apple headphones is obviously the integration with iOS and macOS products. If you got the Sony headphones or the Bose headphones, you just got to go to the old Bluetooth toggle there. Right. Super right. old fashioned, click through a couple menus. Now, you don't do it all the time. Your devices are not constantly changing, and eventually you're just going to uh, pop in and use it. Oh, also, the Apple headphones don't have a traditional, a traditional power switch. They just go into low power when you put them in the case, and you may not want to use the case all the time, specifically the because it's a weird-looking case. So that's another thing to consider. However, I have the, I do have them on order. I have them on the way. I'll have a video over on Unbox Therapy. I actually have every color coming, believe it or not, which is we'll see if they send it or not because, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a shortage now. I'm not really sure, but I did order them all pretty immediately, and I'll put them up against the XM4s because I actually do think that is the correct comparison. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the comparison most people are going to be looking for. Let's get to cyberpunk talk. My goodness, I was playing cyberpunk. I was playing it. I was actually actually just starting to get immersed into the game, and then Will was like, "Hey, man, Can we uh, it's six p.m. We gotta we shoot, shoot the we gotta shoot yeah we gotta shoot the episode. You're over there playing it, and now see this is what's interesting about it. Yeah, because I'm the type of guy, and I spoke to you about this. My you know I got a, a certain uh, lifestyle." which is a busy lifestyle. Yeah. Like, it's not a lot of downtime. Mm -hmm. People are calling me. I mean, you just heard a phone go. I hear you. And and they're looking for me. You're a busy guy. And they're looking for me, and they don't take no for an answer. They sound like I'm in the cyberpunk game. Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> Tracking me you down. You got to make your choices. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I'm short on time, and my lifestyle has changed quite a bit, I would say, in the last five years or so, to which... I can't really be sitting down and just taking in doing a five-hour gaming session. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Now, don't cry for me. It's fine. I'm very happy. I have lots going on. But I do want to dip in and see what the world is up to when it comes to these cyberpunk uh, uh, type of titles. And so when I say Will disrupted me earlier, the reason he disrupted me and the reason that I could even get that intro part played right now on a tiny little ThinkPad. This is such a portable, this two two pound ThinkPad. How two, many inches? It's a 13? Thir 13 inch display. Yeah. Two pound ThinkPad. I mean, it does have, it has the Intel Evo i7. There's no GPU. <laughs> you can't play Cyberpunk 2077 on that, can you, Lou? Yeah, I can. I, I played it on the Stadia. Whoa. Yeah. Right now, people are, are, are very upset. They're saying, you can't play a game like that on Stadia. You can. Mm -hmm. You can play a game like that on Stadia. And some people... And, and, the it, and it looks good. And the reason I got motivated to do this... Yeah. yeah. People did hit me on Twitter, man. Mm -hmm. The people hit me on Twitter, and they said, oh, listen here. I'm having a better experience playing a game on Stadia right now than on my PlayStation 4. Mm. 
And I, and I thought to myself, wait, what? Is that for real? Let me look into this. So I, get, I go. I download the game on Stadia. I start to play. I'm like, oh, man, they're right. Well, you, you don't even need to download the No game. download. I went right into the game. Yeah. Cinematics. It's all being processed off-site. I do have a fast connection. Got to put that out there. But I'm playing right away, and I got the Stadia controller over here, and I'm having a time. And I'm getting my 10 minutes in right before we shoot. Yeah. And it goes with me wherever. It's not. It's in the. It's in a browser, man. Mm -hmm. Or it's on the mobile, on yeah. the go. Yeah. Uh, on iOS or Android, or it's on the TV with the Chromecast. If you want to play 4K, you can actually play it in 4K. It's crazy. They got performance mode, or they have quality mode. Whichever you want a high frame rate, go for it. Mm -hmm. And I've just. I'm just. Things are happening. I'm starting to see the future. I know. The Stadia rollout was not without its uh, criticisms and critiques and and issues and, and any kind of launch to any new technology. But this is that moment, at least for me, where as a gamer, a, a gamer in my I'm a, I was a past gamer. Now I'm more of a dabbler for the time being. Mm -hmm. And I start to recognize the advantage of a system like this for a dabbler. Now, yes. now. Now, I got the game on PC. Don't worry. I put the unboxing video out. I got the game. We're going to play it on the 3090. I'm going to jack up the settings and see it like that. But if I'm actually going to play the game, get immersed and look at the story and actually get into it a little bit, it's going to have to come in these more uh, accessible, accessible, uh, diverse array of devices yeah. that I may have to catch a little bit over here, a little bit over there, and then a little bit on the TV. And I need to pick up where I left off. And I don't even need to think about the hardware, man. And it was really a unique experience to, to play it as smoothly as I did on a laptop that really couldn't play it on its own. Mm -hmm. It's all happening off-site. So anyway, uh, as far as Stadia is concerned, it's actually, it's a great, it's for, for more reasons than that, it's a great place to play it right now. And, and the reason is it currently, if you, if you buy Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia, it currently includes a free controller and a Chromecast. Yeah. I mean, that's a great deal. That's crazy. Yeah. And this is not really well publicized. Mm -hmm. I had not heard about this. Now, originally it was supposed to apply to pre-orders. Yeah. But it turns out, again, according to 9to5Google here, it turns out that as long as you get the game before December 17th, which is still six days from today, as part of Stadia's anniversary celebrations today, Google has announced that everyone who pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077 or at least buys it by December 17th for $59.99 USD will receive a free Stadia controller and a Chromecast Ultra. What is the controller even worth? Um, 50 bucks? 60 bucks? Maybe, yeah. So you're just... It's like as if you got... You didn't even have to pay for the game. Yeah. Uh, 50, 55? 55, yeah. 55 bucks. That's crazy. Chromecast Ultra is probably another 50, although I know they give them away on a lot of promos. But anyway, so you can pick it up. This is mostly, you know, still for casual gamers. It's not going to replicate the experience you're having on a dedicated gaming PC. But... If you're one of these people on an older console and you don't want the upfront cost, like if you're playing it on PS4 and you're one of these people having these tremendous issues mm -hmm. and you don't want the upfront cost of 
trying to f- track down a PS5 or trying to get a 3070 and you don't have the, the, the bank account for it right now, then you look at this and you're like, wait a sec, I got the controller, the Chromecast, I can play across all platforms and there's not even a monthly fee if you're willing to play in 1080p. Mm-hmm. And if you want to play in 4K as well, then it's just 11 bucks a month. Play across all your devices, computer, Android, TV. This sounds like an ad for Stadia. It's not an ad for Stadia. I had put Stadia on the back burner. Yeah. I, I didn't, I was like, I don't know, man. And then a title like this makes me realize, especially since it's so fragmented, the experiences people are having across platforms. Yeah. People on PS4 are feeling real left out right now on the old PS4s with the old hardware, the fat PS4s and all those. There's a lot of those out there. Yeah. And I'm seeing the glitches. The guys didn't even have a face. Yeah. It's uh it's it's bad times. I'll tell you right now, the models. Stadia experience is not that. And I think this is the cheapest way right now to have a decent Cyberpunk 2077 experience. Yeah. And no glitches. We were we were playing for like half an hour? Yeah. Good half an hour. Not a single and, glitch. Uh, yeah, no, no problems there. We were having a time. It didn't look like this. We were having a time. So I know I feel I feel for the, the, those on old PlayStations and old Xboxes because you already purchased it. You spend a, you know, $59.99 or whatever it was and you may have had different expectations. But it showcases to a certain degree how th- this hardware, titles for a specific hardware, like the hardware, we might be past it. The idea of a 10-year life cycle for a console why would you want your title? You want them to push the boundaries. And how many people they got in there working to just on config uh, uh, compatibility? Yeah, optimization, accessibility. Because if you put it in the PlayStation Store, the PlayStation Digital Store, as a PS4 title, mm-hmm. it's got to work on PS4s for the last decade or however long they've been out. Yeah, and that's a, that's such a wide variety of hardware. And I know the guy who has the console saying it's not my problem. They didn't tell me beforehand. My guys have no faces before I spent fifty nine. Yeah. So I feel that. But one other way to look at it is that this is really an opportunity for these next generation services to prove they can do it, to prove their worth. Yeah, like GeForce Now. Sure. And Stadia. Sure. Amazon. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Whoever, platforms. I was playing the game right away and everything was smooth and nice. I'm going to play it more and I'm just going to tell everybody right now, I'm going to play it on PC, I'm going to play it on Xbox, I'm going to play it on Stadia, and I'm going to play it on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see all those experiences. Now, I don't have the old PlayStation, so I can't help you with that, or the old Xboxes. But on all the current ones, I'm going to play it and and see how far back Stadia is from all the current gen or what people consider to be next-gen stuff, including playing on the 3090 at the extreme end of the spectrum. Yes. And I'll let you know how close it is, and maybe you can save some money. But if you want this promo right here, it, it appears that that runs out on December 17th. So just keep that in mind if you do want the controller. You don't need the controller. If you have a, a web browser, you can use a mouse and keyboard. Or a PS, a DualShock. Or a PlayStation or, or, an, or, or Xbox an Xbox controller. controller. Yeah. You don't need this controller. But I mean, to get a free controller, I mean. Yeah. All right, sticking with the cyberpunk stuff, because it's all cyberpunk right now. Uh, waited a long time for this thing. Got to cover every end of the spectrum here. 
all ends of the spectrum. Cyberpunk devs are now warning streamers of all music. Just They're just saying, turn off all the music if you're going to stream this game mm -hmm. because there's been a number of DMCA strikes. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a feature in the game, Will, to turn off copyrighted content. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a bug because these individuals that are having this copyright had that turned off. And still, this bug let a particular song play at a particular segment. It did not trigger it off right. when it should have been off. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So they had to escalate the recommendation to not just enable the dis to not just disable copyrighted music, but to disable music completely if you plan on streaming it. Now they don't plan on leaving it there. They say, "Look, we're working on it. We'll get it sorted out." If you're wondering, there's a specific in-game sequence, and it's called Brain Dance. I don't know. I'm not there yet. It's uh, some sort of a memory that you're going through in the game. There's a couple different sequences like this, and uh, this bug prevents the song that plays during that sequence from being toggled off, so it plays, and then you're dead, and then DMCA, and then takes forever to come off your account if you're on YouTube, Twitch, whatever it happens to be. So be careful with that. That's a little warning for the streamers out there, even the casual streamers out there who booted up an account. It's mm. a bad way to kick off your streaming career with yeah. a DMCA takedown. Uh, so no music for the meantime. That's unfortunate. Uh, last Cyberpunk update. Cyberpunk 2077 pre-order sales have already covered the entire development and marketing cost. Wow. That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's a couple dollars. Imagine, well, that means that the sales have already covered the employment of the entire development team over the last eight years. Yes. Yeah, eight that's, years uh, of salaries. That's very impressive. That is some big money right there. In a short report to investors, the management board of CD Projekt says that the estimated licensing royalties receivable by the company in association with pre-order sales across all of its digital distribution channels have exceeded the sum of both the game's development cost and marketing expense. That's big. Marketing expense as well. That's all that Keanu money. That's in, big money. Yeah, that's included in here. Uh, this is thanks to just pre-order sales across PS4, PS5, Xbox One, S, X, and Stadia and PC. So... I don't know if this story, I don't know the, how, if this is a good story right now because you got, so, you got these people who are upset with their experience with the game. However, those people that are upset with the experience of the game, they already kind of impacted the company. In fact, uh, the company's stock dropped 29% following news of performance issues uh, and an underwhelming reception from console gamers. So people were nervous. They're like, mm -hmm. wait a sec, are we going to recoup the costs over here? Uh, so then they put out this information in a report to say, no, 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 everything's cool, everything's good, yeah, business is fine. Uh, it's good for gamers too, actually. I know you're, you're sitting there thinking, wait, subpar experience, these guys are rolling in cash. It's like, well, yeah. If they're rolling in cash and things are going well, then... They could possibly Will wants to say spend this part. more money on technical support development hiring hiring yeah more people to deal with maintenance and, yeah, and yeah. fixing things and bugs and all the rest of it we'll want to come in with that which which i would say uh cdpr is pretty good at uh technical support and listening to you know their consumers willie do the witcher 3 willie do jumped all yeah. over this one he wants me to back off 
He wants it to be clear. He's voting yeah. for CD Projekt on this one. He thinks they're going to pull it off. Well, I'm, I'm in it for the developers. I, I really think that they can they could do a good job of fixing this. Will he do? Yeah. yeah. 8K TV sales could double in 2021 as prices drop to OLED levels. This is one of those things it felt like was never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we got the 8K setup at the... We got the 8K OLED setup that just... Uh, we just unboxed at the new studio space. But, I mean, it's like... I think that TV is like 30,000 bucks or something. I mean, it's just, it's not feasible to have that in the average uh, house or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, however, 8K in general, we've been looking at it since maybe the first CES I ever went to. So I, maybe a decade that they've at least been capable of, of delivering it. But there's been not much of a rush to actually get it out there because there's not a lot of content to take advantage of it either however this is technology and technology's got to move and at some point it has to hit a hit, hit a, a price point that gets it into people's houses and therefore encourages content creators to actually embrace this greater resolution mm. and you know this coincides with the next two stories i'm going to get to will which is you know how all these directors are upset about the streaming decisions that have been made around new launch titles for movies well one of the reasons they're upset is because people are having subpar experiences watching their films which they intended to be seen on a big screen at a high resolution yep so if we can kind of rearrange our aggravation a little bit as a director did i, I don't i'm not calling myself you know what i'm saying here mm -hmm. you could imagine there could be partnerships there could be a way to figure it out to ensure the person has that type of experience mm -hmm. and you got to figure it out with the streaming platforms you got to figure it out with the uh production companies and the tv manufacturers but if you put it all together and you actually pump out cinema like 8k at home experiences maybe that's a decent consolation for having lost the in-theater stuff because of obviously because of 2020 being 2020. Mm -hmm. so Maybe these things can work together and alleviate some of that stress. Well, anyway, it's like a lot of segments where the hardware price has to come down and then that drives all the other market forces. So Deloitte is estimating that 8K is going to gain a larger slice of the TV market in 2021. Revenues from 8K panels will surge up to a global total of $3.3 and then it'll reach $5 billion by 2022, which is an increase... Uh, essentially doubling 2019's number of 2.3 billion, 50% increase. Uh, so here's here's how that breaks down price wise. The average selling price of 8K TVs will drop from around $4,500 in 2020 to around $3,500 in 2021, and then by the end of 2021, entry level 8K TVs will be offered as low as US $1,500. That's uh, quite affordable. $1,500, easy, Will. Quite affordable. Sheesh. Will I mean, it? it's... Uh... It's a lot better than $9,000. It's a lot better well, than $5,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some crazy price points out there for 8K. Now, it doesn't do anything for figuring out what content you're going to put on there, but certainly 
if they're sitting in people's houses and more people's houses, then then more people take note. And maybe those movie directors put pressure on the streaming services to start supporting higher resolutions because it is possible. YouTube proves it. LG's own marketing content that we played in the video that we watched, mm -hmm. 8K native. Yeah, it's streamed over Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. No problem on the 8K OLED display that we had. So it is possible. We just need the streaming pro providers to actually push it. And the hardware manufacturers bring the prices down, which is what looks like is happening regardless. It's an incredible experience. Well, even the 4K upscaled, which we were playing on PlayStation 5, no problemo. Mm -hmm. Cheaper 8K TVs coming. Okay, so a little bit more on the cinema clash with current technology, clash with COVID, clash with no humans. AMC has warned it'll run out of cash in January and it's calling out Warner Brothers for its shift to HBO Max. So AMC is obviously on Christopher Nolan's side. It's on the side of the cinema <laughs> as it would be, as you would be if you were AMC, kind of a big cinema player, yeah. if not the biggest, probably. Uh, AMC Theaters is warning its investors that if it does, does not find $750 million, it will run out of cash by the middle of January 2021. Imagine trying to run a business, Will, that relies on people sitting in a movie theater, packing up a movie theater, and paying the cost of admission, and then looking at what's going on with COVID and all the rest of it, and trying to map out your expenditure going forward. What are we doing? Are we ordering popcorn? Like, supplies? Uh, what are we ready rent. for? Rent. Uh, uh, power. Are we turned on? Are we open? Yeah. Do we shut down and wait? Uh, how do we pay the employees? Um... When is this all coming back? How long do we need to wait it out? Mm -hmm. Should we keep taking on debt until we can pay it off? Like, I don't even know how well they were doing pre-COVID. It was already kind of a thing where right. you had to make the case for somebody to come out to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And then this just, man, it amplified things. And then Warner Brothers cuts the deal with HBO and AMC says, oh my God. Yeah. Let's start talking about the fact that we're 750 in the hole, 750 million in the hole. That's almost a billion. That's almost a billion in yes, the hole. Let's start talking about that right now so the investors know how bad it actually is. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's going to come and save it or if it's even savable. And then, of course, CEO or president, uh, Adam, CEO, Adam Aaron, he comes out and says, nah, what Warner Media did, it just put the nail in the coffin. I mean, he didn't say it in those words. He's saying, we will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business. That's basically saying our backs are against the wall right now. Yeah, this is unfortunate. Theaters have, they've been just a childhood experience. And it's been really fun. And now it's, don't seem Now like it's rip. Uh... Now it's rip. The monthly cash burn for AMC was $125 million a month. $125 million a month. You're not going to recoup that with social distancing and five people in a movie theater. Yeah. You're not going to get $125 million a month. Yeah. I don't care what price your ticket or your popcorn is. Mm -hmm. You can't live like that. They, they it's, Deals have got to be cut. I don't know what those deals are. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they can do it, but deals have got to be cut. Mm -hmm. The theaters around here, they're not uh, closed down. But now they are. Like closed down permanently? Oh, no, no, no. They're not closed down permanently. Right. But, but the lockdown, we yeah, just got a lockdown yeah. upgrade around here uh, as of today. Yeah. So, man, it's rough for restaurants. It's rough. I mean, any place you got to physically go, it's unfortunate 
that it, it, some of these places that you just took for granted at one point in time that they would be there, this is an example of that. It's it might not be gone completely, like all of them, but certainly they're going to be trimmed back. Yep. And if they're trimmed back, it's to a point where people are just going to have those experiences a lot less. And, uh, and I are agree. The price with, is going to change for each ticket. Price is going to change. Gonna increase. And I agree yeah. with you. It's upsetting. Uh, you know, I got kids. Mm -hmm. The movie theater is not going to mean what it meant when I was a kid. When I was mm -hmm. a kid, the movie theater was a spot yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. I'm talking half the price. Discount. Yeah. I mean, I was over at the film factory. Unbelievable. Run down joint. But everybody who was anybody in your world, they were there. That was social networking. No, yeah. no. Real social networking. Oh. That's those people from that other school over there that I met the other time. It was a hangout spot. Yeah, it was a hangout. Yeah. And that was on a Tuesday. There's an arcade in there as Absolutely well. Absolutely there know. was. The yeah. old carpeting all over the place. Mm -hmm. My goodness, the chair that actually rocked a little bit. The, it was an old school time. That, butter. That place doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But I'm just saying, what are we doing? We're reminiscing. Well, what are we, 86 uh, years old over here? Unfortunately. We yes. are, right? But anyway, look. Uh... They're going to stick around in some way. It's just going to be different than it ever has been before. And I, you know, hopefully people can figure out how to upgrade their at-home experiences so that everybody's not watching uh, Tenet only on their phones. However, what's weird about that is I just finished talking about how the only way I'm going to play the game is with Stadia because even though, I, even though I got NVIDIA graphics and everything over at the new studio yeah. and... This is just more accessible. It's just everywhere I go, yeah, I can it. I can play, and that's all it is to it. So convenience kills, man. Convenience kills. Convenience wins, and convenience kills. Efficiency. Mm -hmm. My goodness, fast food. It's a reason it's fast. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, last one. Speaking of Tenet, which I just brought up, Tenet and Nolan, they're trying to figure out and navigate the future over here, how, the, how they're going to interact with the... What are you laughing at? Can you say tenant again? You want me to say it faster? <laughs> it's just every time you say it, it's uh It's net. The word is net. So I can't say tenant. <laughs> I can't say tenant because that would be it's a it sound like I'm saying it's knit. A, yeah, it's an anagram. Um it's just yeah. tenet. My ears perk up when you say it. Tenet. For some reason. I don't know. I want I'm gonna keep saying tenet. <laughs> okay. How are you what are you gonna say? I guess so. I guess that's a correct way, but I've al I've always heard it as tenant. Tenant, yeah, because it feels it's faster. It rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, I'm just. But I hear you. I see I that net. That net stands right out to me. Yeah. Tenant. Anyway. Okay, moving on. We have we got I, we, I we got we caught Willie do off guard there again with the pronunciation. People are gonna have an argument now down in uh -huh. the comments. I'm sure there's a. I mean, all you gotta do is find Christopher Nolan pronouncing it, and then that's it. It's over. But he has a British pronunciation. So he would be different. He would be he would be tenet, tenet, tenet. Something like that. When I when I was shooting when I was shooting tenet, tenet. I don't know. It could be either he way, keeps man. Repeating himself. <laughs> no, I don't need that. Anyway, so he had to beef with HBO. He's Mr. Movie Theater, as you would be, uh, as you sit there and obsess over every single frame. Ah. Uh, but he can't, I mean, no single man can resist the force of technology, the progression of technology. No single man. They can try to resist, but it just, it's a powerful, a powerful thing, streaming. Well, I mean, 
technology in general. Mm. So they can't, you can't resist it completely. So they're now trying to promote the movie for online streaming, which is about to take place up to 4K. Oh, this is a typo. No, that's not a typo. They're making a joke. The Verge is making a joke. Julia Alexander is making a joke. Shout out, Julia Alexander. I saw your joke. Oh, Will okay. was too busy worrying about pronunciation over there. <laughs> She's making fun of the fact that Nolan tries to police the resolution you watch uh, it at. However, on YouTube, you can pick 144p if you want, and you can uh, basically uh, enrage Christopher Nolan by watching it in the lowest resolution possible, mm. which is probably the reason he hates the streaming platforms. But anyway, they decided to somewhat embrace our digital future by releasing the prologue of Tenet, which I believe is the first six minutes of the film, on YouTube for free. Oh. You, you just watch the first six minutes. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, high energy, potent action. Yeah. So give me a little taste. I mean, it doesn't tell you very much. This is all in preparation of the eventual release. The entire film's coming out on 12-15, 15th, very soon, of December. That's, uh, you know, four days. That's next week. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to get it on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. I don't know who's buying it that way. The enthusiasts and, of course, digital as well. So uh, maybe they can recoup some of the money that didn't show up in the movie theater because that's another example we talked about on a previous show where they only recouped like $50 million and they spent a lot more than that, which we also looked up. I think it was four times as much. Yep. So... Uh, this is this is the next uh, the next way to do it. Try to get people to purchase it online and watch it somehow, however they choose to watch it, even if that happens to be in 144p.